3: John
1: Copenhaver, and Al Warren. on the 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside,
3: and one
1: hundred five oh AM Palm Springs. Ooh, welcome back into
4: the house of mystery. I'm Al Warren. Miss Jennifer Ann Gordon is here for your Halloween pleasure.
1: Oh my gosh! I love I love that I just got like a little Halloween intro. Hi, Alan. I always feel bad that I call you Alan, and you always introduce yourself as Al, and I'm just yeah, like you're yeah. like oh Alan, like I'm uh, some old granny. Well,
4: teenager. you are.
1: <laughs> I am. I am some old granny.
4: No, I just I yeah, I'm very um, very loose. My image is much more than an I am, you know, Al. I mean, look at those stupid photos that I I hate photos. Did you like those photos?
1: Your headshots. Yeah. They were really good. Oh, I especially liked the, I remember you, because you sent eight, and I liked the third one because you had kind of like a smoldering side eye.
3: Well, that's
4: what, so, <laughs> I. I t- another writer I sent to as well, and he said he picked number three, and he said it's sinister. I like
3: that. Yeah.
4: So I went with one, three, and eight. So that they got the most views, but I cannot stand my looks so it's just terrible i look at these things and i think how did i get so old
1: you know i think that i mean i think that every single day of my life i had just had to color (laughs) my hair last night because i realized i'm doing an in-person event tomorrow and i'm doing a a panel with other writers and i think i'm the oldest one by far on the panel and i'm like "Uh uh-oh i'm gonna look like their mom
3: (laughs) yeah here's
4: mother intros no yeah here's
1: mother you're, far, here with you're far
4: too young. What are you, 25 now or something?
1: Yeah, let's go
4: with that. Yeah, that so nice. it's the big deal. Now, <laughs> speaking of old, <laughs> I
1: thought we, you were going to
4: say, speaking of a big deal. Well, so I was going to say, speaking of no, this isn't about making people feel good. This is not a show <laughs> of promotion. This is a show of conversation. So we've got a, um, An author returning. It's been a while. He's been so busy. He's got so many things going on. It's, we don't, we don't, we're really low on the list here. So we finally got chosen. So, uh, new book, Jack of all trades. And of course it's Jack Wells. So there you go. Hey, Jack.
2: Hey guys. Glad to be back.
1: Hey, Jack. And
2: I, I'm so jealous that like Jennifer gets Halloween pleasure. Cause I want Halloween pleasure. Like I, I, I heard that and I was like, I want that. No, well, that? we
1: can we can work that in. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. That's, then, we're, then we're good. That's on the uh, edited version. <laughs> then I'm really happy to be here. We'll go. We'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah. It, it's got a happy ending.
1: <laughs> oh, ah,
3: yes. oh boy boy the... we went there
1: we did went... You, oh, what do yeah. you do
4: on halloween then what did, do you do anything different on halloween just halloween turn you on do you kind of
2: oh yeah like that's like you know because i mean i've got kids so we're we're all about halloween anyways but that's always been my favorite holiday like i kind of lean into it real heavy and I mean, I grew up with Nightmare Before Christmas and all that stuff, and so that's still a very big part of my Halloween experience. So I've got all the decorations. We've got fantastic costumes. We we really go all in. But yeah, it's 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 Halloween starts early in this household. We'll just go with that.
1: I've started to just never take my Halloween decorations down, like.
2: And I'm getting there. I put them up yeah, last that's... year, and I
1: was just like, "Well, they're so cool. I'm just going to keep this weird skull right here in my <laughs> living room," and. Uh, yeah, but We're
2: slowly easing into that as the kids get older. It's just that's this is a year round thing. We're just gonna celebrate it every day. Yeah.
4: That's funny, you know. Had the had the uh Church of Satan Magus, you know, Peter Gilmore on and, and uh even he doesn't like Halloween that much.
3: What? How can yeah. you not? It's well, not like a crime. He
4: does two weeks, but I just couldn't imagine. It just it's be funny because Mr. Satan himself—he's
2: <laughs> kind of like, eh, you know, it's so, Jesus, it's not essay, you, like, know, you know, it's so 1990s. Yeah. Whatever. I do it for yeah. the kids,
4: but you know. <laughs> It's not really a big deal. I'd rather hang out with my dog, you know, and it's, oh, it's funny, God. you know, and then I get some writers on and they're all like, Oh my
1: God. It's a way of life.
2: Yeah. It is. It, it, it really, in, in this circle, in this kind of indie environment, it totally is a way of life. I mean, everybody's posting and I, I just love it. It just brings this joy out of me.
4: Why? But what do you think it is that, that, um, gets so people, so many people so into it more than I think I've ever seen in my life?
2: I think it's just the lifestyle. I think it's just the, 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 especially on the, on, with the online authors and the indie authors, I think it's just that sense of community. I mean, we're already a community in the fact that we're all writing or attempting to write and attempting to break into this, um, this writing scene. But I think it's just that next level of kind of this found family that we're all like, hey, we're all into this stuff and whether we're into, the the light-hearted side of it or the like super dark heavy stuff we're all kind of related that way it's it's a found family kind of thing and I and I I dig it because I'm all about found family so I love it
4: yeah I've heard that rumor
2: (laughs) heard that about me yeah yeah Yeah. I heard that you know yeah yeah
4: so what do you go dressed up as
2: well I usually go steampunk kind of the steampunk western vibe I've gone as Darth Vader sometimes I go all in as like something super like creepy I don't know, it just depends on what my mood is that year. I'm debating this year. I've got several costumes on the hook. I'm not sure which one I'm gonna choose at. I will probably choose the the day before.
4: Why don't you go with like Boy George?
2: I could. Um I'm not quite that skinny, but I could I could try. He's been putting on weight, so don't worry about
1: it. You can oh, use you contour really makeup.
2: Do you really want to hurt me? You know, yeah. Yeah.
4: No. <laughs> yeah. I'll tumble for yeah. you.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, thank you. All
4: right. Yeah. So what's, so what's going on here? Now, you've got a new book out. So when did this? where did this come from? It seemed like you were doing other things, and all of a sudden you kind of go off the radar, and then you come back on, and you've got a new book, Jack of All Trades. So what is Jack of All Trades?
2: So Jack of All Trades is this thing that I've been working on kind of in secret. It's a collection of short stories. And I do short stories with heavy air quotes because I have a really difficult time writing something that's actually short. Um, I don't have a lot of time to write, so when I do write, I get really invested into the world, and I, I have a hard time keeping it brief. Um, and so short stories is heavily quoted. But it's it's really just a question of, of short stories that are kind of my homage, if you will, to some of the classics of horror fiction, primarily Poe and Dickens. And I, I find that I'm – apparently I'm, I'm, I have a, a niche, and that niche is to write – um old school horror uh, outside of today's era you know going back to the 1800s 1900s the early um, like mid 1900s especially uh, that, apparently that's just my my theme it's what I do well I don't know if it's the vernacular I don't know if it's the research but I find a lot of joy in that and apparently that's kind of an underserved area of horror or fiction if you will so it's yeah it's my homage it's my hope to bring something a little dark and a little classic um i really try to write eloquently i try to capture the feel of those old stories where it was very verbose you had sentences that kind of seemed like they went on forever and they weren't run on sentences but there's a different style of writing to those old classic stories than there is now it's a lot more punchy now it's short punchy sentences where before it was very long kind of poetic prose. I'm kind of leaning that way. That's what I'm trying to bring back or lean into anyway. So that is my offering into to that genre because we've got it's kind of a hot topic right now. Splatterpunk was kind of this was um, trending on socials because apparently a lot of people were getting offended by it which I thought was interesting because it's splatterpunk it's gonzo, like you you know what you're getting into when you get if into the genre if the word genre, splatter it...
1: is in the right? genre like...
2: how can you be surprised <laughs> that it's like shawty and schlocky like, like, oh how, my gosh it was so bloody
1: can't... and violent
2: yeah and so then there's writers that do that very well, and, and my hat is off to them, and that's not me. You know. So I'm, I'm like, hey, here's this underserved, what I view as this underserved niche in, this, in, in the horror genre, which is...
5: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
0: and 365-day returns.
2: That old-school kind of evocative horror, old hammer horror, if you will, as opposed to the the very in-your-face stuff. You know, people do that very well, and I have more power to them. I'm going to stick with this thing that I do well.
1: I love quiet horror. I really, I guess it's my favorite as well, and I think it's because maybe growing up on, like, you know dracula and weathering heights yes, and yes i want everything i read to be coated in fog and i want the pages yes. to smell damp or be falling apart under my fingers i just love it
2: right take me there yeah don't just tell me about it take me there so that's my attempt with these stories is to really transport the reader outside of a modern era most some of the stories take place in, in a modern time but most of them don't and really transport you back to a time where there weren't cell phones. There wasn't all this technology. People relied on their wits. People relied on who they knew. And um, to me, that makes a more effective kind of thriller or horror tale when you don't have the benefits of technology. You don't have GPS. You don't have 911. Those things don't exist, you know. So to me, it makes it more visceral experience, more real experience. And so that's, yeah, I, I love stories that take place in old times because that's I don't know, to me it's compelling.
4: You see yourself as one of these, um, I don't know, how do you say, so when you're writing something at back in those days, your characters, are you your characters, like, you, you know, or do you fit into them, feel them? Some of them. them. You do?
2: Yeah, so in Monochrome Noir, like, each of the characters in that series I was a segment of me. With these stories, there are aspects of me, but the, the cool thing about this one especially, this collection, was it, is this is the first time I've really kind of stepped out of the boundaries of myself and said, okay, this character, some of these characters I have no connection with whatsoever. They just came into being, and there's not a single aspect of them within me, which I thought was interesting, because I think every writer puts a little bit of themselves into their work, whether it's sarcasm, whether it, you know, it's, it's humor, whether it's sultriness, whatever, whatever it happens to be, whatever their defining trait is, or there's some, some facet of their personality gets injected into these characters. And some of these characters... They're not me, and I think that was really kind of a defining moment for me as an author. When I'm like, "Yep, that is not a figment of myself. I'm not writing from experience, and it's it's a challenge." But it was, yeah, it's pretty awesome. But there are, if you read through it, you'll, and if you know me especially, there are characters, especially in the big ones. See, no evil. The main character is very much me, where I feel I've always felt like I've kind of been born in the wrong century. Like I should have been born in victorian england i should have been alive during those times I, i've felt that for a long time and so i think a lot of those aspects shine through in that character
4: yeah you're a vampire
2: Vampire. Uh, yeah. Vampire.
1: <laughs> we'll <with> <laughs> yes. uh, yes. Jack. Do you, so this is obviously like a departure for you in some ways because it's not you're not one of the characters was that free, like how freeing did that feel to write characters that weren't connected to you at all. Did you find that Very you were pretty. able to like take crazy choices and take risks?
2: Yeah, and I was able to kind of write characters that I have it's funny because I'm on a podcast, and we laugh about, because they'll they'll talk about a certain thing, and I'm like, yeah, I have exp- I have real world real world experience with that. I have real world experience with a lot of things, and it's kind of a kind of a running joke at this point. But it was kind of nice to Dive into these these professions or these mindsets or even these genders and, that I have no experience with whatsoever, and to try to write them in a believable fashion. So I think more than more than the Monochrome Noir, I think this book allowed me to really expand my ability as an author um, and and kind of test my limits and see if I could actually pull these off. And of course, that's ultimately up to the readers whether I did or not. But I gave it a good college try to say, okay, I'm writing something that I have literally no knowledge about. All I have is some assumptions, some research, and a whole lot of gumption, you know?
1: Do you oh. like researching? love it, Do you?
2: actually. Yeah. I always
1: think I'm going to like it, and then I start researching, and I'm like, oh, no, let's just put that right back in modern times. <laughs>
2: I go down <laughs> these rabbit holes. Like, like I, in, in researching for Cino Evil, which is, a, like, the, the it's a novel that's kind of buried in this collection. Um, I found out a a lot about Victorian society. Like, for instance, one of the fascinating things to me is that the post, the mail, was delivered up to 12 times a day. Like the same residents would have a uh, a postal worker, not necessarily the same one, potentially, but not always, visit like every hour. And so you had families that were living in London that would do, because this is, I mean, the, the telegraph had, was was in existence, hell, the telephone was in existence at this time, but nobody, very few people had access to it. So you had families on opposite sides of London that were communicating via letters, and they'd write a letter, and the post my guy would come and get it, and he'd deliver it within a couple hours to the other residents across the town, they'd have time to write a response, and it would get delivered back the same day. So that was their texting, if you will, that was their correspondence back then, which was, to me, is fascinating, like, that... You have, you know, you, you, when you look at the post office today, are like, yeah, they drive around in trucks. But it was like in London, it was the largest employer in London. There, they had the most employees because it was such a burgeoning business, such a booming business to, to correspond with, your, with the, your loved ones. That was the only way to do it outside of seeing them face to so face. I thought that was kind of interesting. So the research to me can be very fascinating so long as it has pertinence to the story or that I can mention it in an offhand way.
4: I think it's I think it's great. I love doing the research. I love going through the papers. I love going through the time.
2: Because
4: uh, if you immerse yourself into that time period, it's going to come out a better story, I think.
2: So, Al, let me ask you a question. Do you find in doing that research that you identify more with the characters, that you kind of get – I think, for me, doing that research kind of gets me into that – that mind, mindset, if you will, that frame of mind, yeah, do you find that, yeah, oh,
4: yeah, because yeah. you can understand them, you can understand where they're coming from or why they might act or react certain ways to certain things, because you start to to see you see how they live, it's not just if you if you just see it from a distance, you don't realize what they go through their full day, it's not like it's so easy to fall into making your character. Like today, but only back then, you know what I'm saying? Like you, right. you know, compared to how you live today. And that's where I think authors make mistakes. I certainly see it a lot on streaming because, you know, they, they use today's, you know, the way we speak today, the phrases, the right. slang of 2020. Even just the
1: rhythm of the way we speak now is so much different than the way people it actually is. spoke.
4: Yeah. Yep. But you know, you'll see it in these shows that are supposed to be a hundred years old and yet. People are behaving like it's 2020, but they're dressed like it's 1800. You know, it's just, and it kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I usually lose interest in it because as soon as they start saying phrases like, you know, uh, sorry for your loss or something. And you're like, Oh, please. Um, yeah. it just kind of drives me uh, because I think it's out of touch with who they were. And if you really want to understand them,
2: y- you got to really understand
4: where they're at the best you can, you know.
2: Agreed. And that's what I try to do with with these time period books is that, I again, I want to transport the readers to this time period. So, ergo, as far as to the best of my ability, everything needs to be authentic to that time period. And so that's part of the joy of the research is not only what events were transpiring during this time, you know, in in that part of the country, but what did people say? How did they talk? How did they correspond? You know, and so – yeah, there's an instance in that story where it's epistolary, so it's 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 a letter that's being read, or is, you know, it was part of the story. And I was researching old Victorian letters that people were sending back and forth to each other, and just found it imminently fascinating how they corresponded and the words they used and the the things that were important to them. And so I really tried to capture that because I I do want authenticity. You know, I mean, yes, it's fiction. Yes, the story that's taking place is obviously not real, but it's surrounded by real-world events, and I don't ever want to be, like, a history teacher and, and, you know, going to Tom Clancy levels of detail, but I also do want to throw little snippets in there of, hey, this is what life was like in that time, so that it helps the reader get into that mindset, too, and kind of repose them out of, you know, the 20th, 21st century and, and takes them into that time period. So I think it's very important.
1: I think if you want to truly
2: enjoy a story, I
1: I feel like it's really important, especially for genre fiction, especially for horror, for science fiction, for anything, because we're already battling as horror authors, this kind of, well, it's not real. Obviously, this isn't real. This isn't reality. But to make it truly unsettling for the reader, it has to be as real as possible. So you can believe in the unreality of it
2: and that's what i love about i i keep referring to this one but See No evil is kind of the pièce de résistance in this in this book it's it's huge it's, i mean it's basically a novel that's interspersed throughout this collection and that is exactly right i throw real world events with fictional elements that are transpiring because i want to give it that added sense of realism and horror it's hey yeah, this stuff was actually happening like jack the ripper and all these things were actually happening at this time you know there wasn't just some cool story that we like to talk about. I mean, this was their this was their day-to-day. And, you know, for the Victorian citizens, there was this uh, huge societal fear. They were living in this, like, grip of fear that, oh, my God, there's these killings that are happening. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? And then juxtapose that with all these inventions that are coming down the pike and all this progress that's coming down the pike. It, to me, it was just a very fascinating interesting time time period and that's why I chose to, to set this particular story in that time period because there's so much happening all at once and yeah. I, I wanted it to feel real
4: yeah I find that with any like I'm, I'm doing stuff in the 50s and 60s now and it's amazing how much is going on in a certain time period like we forget as time passes I think all of the things going on today and all of the stresses and the weird stuff going on and the tension and the wars and stuff I think that um, you know, in 50 years, it's all gone. And most of it's forgotten. And that generation won't understand how we're living today or how we're feeling. Do you know what I'm saying? That's a
2: that's a good point. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of, um, we're kind of taught, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, we're taught to look at the past with rose tinted glasses, right? But it's oh, it was simpler times, and everything, and everybody was so friendly, you know. you look back at the reality, and no, no. it was not simple yeah. times by any means, no,
4: you know? No, yeah, you no, know, and I can see why older generations than, than myself, even when I see, uh, I can see why they thought back in the, even like in the 60s, that everything was going to hell, you know, they're shooting the president, and and uh Cuba and all of the things, the race riots and all the yeah. all the tension and uh Hells Angels or not the the uh what's I I was thinking of the uh Manson family and stuff, all yeah. of the yep. stuff that was going on. Rock and roll music and Woodstock, they must have thought, Oh my
2: god, the world's Oh, Kent state Ohio. Like all these things that are happening in the country that are like it's appalling to people at that time, and now we're like we're kind of living that same thing. It's like, oh my gosh, look at all this crazy stuff, and it's yeah, it was no cra- it was no less crazy back yeah. then. I think it's just
4: crazy that matches the time and and, yes. the, and the current technology and everything. So personally, so, yeah. I I I yeah. kind of put it to that. I try to think that that's how it's going to be, and it it all work out. You know, I do like looking back at the old times because we do know how it worked, how it how it went. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So there's a comfort to that that we don't really have.
0: Have survived it before.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't we don't know that now. Like we uh, there's no comfort in today's unrest as compared to the, you know what happened after the Jack the Ripper in the
2: 1800s and all that, right? Yep. Yep. You know. Exactly. Do you actually
4: feel your characters then?
2: I do. Um I so it it's kind of a, a byline for me that I the, one of the reasons that I write so slowly and that I have such a slow output is because Once I get invested in a story, I'm all in, you know. And so I I don't know how it is for other other authors other than what I've seen them post. But, I mean, I get fully, fully invested in these characters. So I – and not just the characters, but the time period. So I find myself thinking in 1800s or early 1900s vernacular. I find myself trying to look at a situation as they would look at it. It kind of overtakes my life. And it's it's great on one hand and it's really frustrating on another – because I can't get it out of my head. And so I go in these spurts where I, I write and I write and I write. and I get invested and I get sick of it because it's taking me away from what is actually happening in my life in real life. And I, I kind of lose track of if I got blinders on. And so then I go back to real life and life is good and I kind of forget about my stories for a while and then they eventually pull me back. And all of a sudden I'm now in 1892 and I'm not living in today's you know, I'm not living now. I'm living then, and it yeah, it's it's an interesting thing for me. And I and I can't speak for how other authors do it, but for me, I get I go all in. I, I don't know how else to do it.
1: Well, I love hearing that as a fellow very slow writer. Uh, you know, Here. Yay. Yay. <laughs> You know, I, you look online and you see people, and they're like, I, I put out four books this year, and I'm just like, how do you do it?
2: How did you do? Yeah, how did you
1: do it and still like yeah. sleep and have a life and have a family? Um, but so I'm wondering, Jack. Because you do go all in, what's going on in your mind before you start a project? Has the project been percolating in your head for months or years before it finally develops into a story? Or do you just get an idea and then you immediately, you know, hyper-focus from there?
2: Some of them. Like Monochrome Noir, I've been kicking around in my head for years. And, like, I kind of tell people, like, I knew the ending of that story long before I ever wrote it. And I wrote the story to get to that ending and it turned out exactly like I wanted it to, um, where See No Evil, which is like roughly 50,000 words, I thought I had an idea of what it was going to go, and it went completely differently. And so I was I was at that point just kind of along for the ride. So it depends on the story that's being told. But I, most often I already have them in my head. I have a general idea of how it's going to play out, and then it's just up to me need to get from A to Z. right? Fill in, get the filler. I know how it starts. I know how it ends. I've just got to get there. I've just got to fill in everything else. I am currently writing um, a standalone sequel to Monochrome Noir, and I know exactly how it's supposed to start. I know exactly what I want the story to tell, but in this instance, for the first time in a long time, I have no idea how it's going to end, and that's both exhilarating and terrifying.
1: I was just about to ask if that was enjoyable.
2: <laughs> N- yes and no. Uh, mostly no, because I... I And though there's all this debate about pantser versus plotter, right? Do you fly by the seed of your plant pants, or do you plot it out ahead of time? And I'm kind of thread that needle. I do a little bit of both. I will. I will do a general outline of what I want the story to, how I want the story to unfold, um, how I want it to end, usually, and some of the points that I want to touch along the way. But once I'm writing, I all I I know is I need to get to this point. It doesn't necessarily. I don't know how I'm going to get there. And the story kind of takes me there, which I think is, is enjoyable. So for me, it's kind of a, a little mix of both. I'm a little bit of a pantser, a little bit of a plotter, and I love it because it's it's the best of both worlds. Mm.
1: I like to call that being a, a flashlight discovery author. So you can yes. see as far as your flashlight beam. Yes. But you like so you can you know kind of what's going on. <laughs> mm. You know, general idea. general idea. Yeah. And you might have like a, a handwritten map that you're looking at going, okay, I think I'm supposed to take a left up here, but I don't really know what's going to be around that corner.
2: Right, yes. I consider Absolutely. myself
4: an asser because I don't wear pants.
1: Yeah, just like butt <laughs> cheeks on yeah.
4: the... On like yeah. the yeah. yeah, are you assless chaps? Yeah, so, you know, yeah, I, I like fly ass ass. by the seat of my ass, <laughs> not my pants, because I don't have any... <laughs> Anyway, that's bad. Oh. Anyway, do, are you like Daniel Day Lewis then, or like do you like live in the period the whole time, so you dress up and uh, you act, and even when you're not writing, you
2: everybody has to call you the character and you act like. I wish, kinda, like to an extent in my own mind, yes. And I and I know my kids get real frustrated because I'll start spouting vernacular or period, like appropriate, or period appropriate vernacular, and they're looking at me like, "What are you saying right now?" You know and. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, right, right, right. Sorry, I'm I'm in character. I apologize. Okay, Boomer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Daddy's
1: having a stroke.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Do we need to call nine one one? You know. Yeah. For me, again, like I said, I always feel I've always felt like I was born in the wrong century, and I so yeah, I'll kind of listen to music at the time period. I'll I'll make drinks from the time period. I don't I don't go all in like when I'm dressing like how they dress or anything, but I do try to. Get myself as much as as possible within a reason into that frame of mind into that time period because otherwise, like you said, I'm telling an old story in modern it, with modern methods, and that to me is not not acceptable. Right, right. No, that doesn't work.
4: Yeah, I do that too. I mean, I don't dress up, but I I'll have uh, television shows and radios. So I'll do yes. everything from that time period so that yes. I get into. Uh, it's it's amazing what you pick up too because especially game shows and stuff and. And you pick up phrases or jokes that they make, and then you search it out to find out what they what they meant. So you know what they were joking about. You know, I,
1: it's uh,
2: always sex. <laughs> wow, well, just yeah. One <laughs> what I love about the Victorians, especially, is they had some really cool sayings. Like they had the, the case of the mords, like morbidity. You know, where they were like, you know, and now we're like, oh, it's they're, they're just being gothic, they're being emo, and that was like, their, That's what they used to refer to it. They had some really cool sayings back in the day, and it's funny how. The sayings may change over time, but the intent and the feeling never does. We're still human at the end of the day, and we're still into the same... Oh, my. ...we were, you know, 100 years ago. I think it's
1: great. So basically, you're also saying that people have been making fun of goth kids forever.
2: (laughs) Pretty much, (laughs) yes.
1: Well, this makes me feel better about my high school through my 40s. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Same.
4: Oh, it's hilarious. Well... So when you do this like, um, and you kind of live through the period and you write this book and it's all finished and it's put away now and it's, it's come out for people to read, do you find that it changes you, this process?
2: Absolutely. Um, I'm a pretty quiet person. I'm a pretty private person. I, I just do my thing. I'm not heavy on social media. You won't see me posting a lot. I don't do a lot of Quizzes or all the things that kind of are, are popular on social media, I don't do. I'm, I mean, I work long hours as it is my day job. I'm a parent. I'm a father before anything else, you know. And so then this, this writing thing that I do, yes, I want to be successful at it. Obviously I do. I want success without necessarily the fame though, which is those are intrinsically tied. So that's kind of a pipe dream, but it does, it does change me because, you know, in the, in the lead up to it, I'm just writing stories that I would want to read. And I'm kind of not worried about what anybody else thinks. And then once it all comes together and it's like, oh, I have this thing that's now going to be a book, then I start freaking out and then I start worrying. And the um, imposter syndrome kicks in real bad because I'm like, this is dumb. Nobody's going to want to read this crap. You know, it's not splatterpunk. It's not smut. It's not the things that are popular right now. Nobody's going to care. And then I kind of eventually get myself out of that hole where it's like, I'm not writing it for them. I'm writing it for me, you know, and if they enjoy it, then fantastic. If they don't, oh, well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do turn into kind of this. I'm a pretty stoic person by nature, and it it takes a lot to, to get to me. But that lead up to the point of publication, I'm freaking out because it is this whole unknown thing where you're taking this curated thing that you have built over the course of a year in all of your free time and you're throwing it out there and, you know, and you're basically exposing a, a part of yourself because there is a part of every author in their creation. So you're exposing a part of yourself. Some people, some readers don't ever get it. They don't even see it. It's superficial only, you know, but some other readers who are really adept at reading between the lines pick up on that stuff and go, Oh, I see where he's coming from. I see what his fears are or his, his hurts are. And so it is kind of daunting to throw it out there and have people pick up on that subtext. Um, yeah, yeah, it
4: does change. It. Well, that's yeah. the hardest thing, right? I mean, uh, to get over that, that hump or that Hill there is, is, is all the noise around you, all the people saying good things, bad things, understanding non-understanding there's all that stuff out there and you and you see it instantly with social media so that's the the biggest thing to get through where you have to yes you know because if you focus on that then you, it takes you away from things that are important like your like your kids or your your job yes. and like your rating and things it's it's you got so it's probably a smart thing to do like i always say just post in the morning and walk away from the Fire and forget yeah, yeah because there's just yeah. too much uh, people have too much to say um nowadays and and it's not it always is. nice and and the thing I always I have the attitude it's like why do you think people care like why do why do people have to say so much stuff especially negative uh, when, yes. for other people it's kind of like you don't like it just move on you don't have to
2: uh, yep you know
4: I, I you know look at the stuff with like Paris Hilton and all, and their kid. And and all the mean things they're saying about her baby, and I'm thinking I could care less about Pierce, Pierce yep. Hilton. <laughs> exactly, you know, right? Who cares? And, but yeah. why do people have to be so mean? And they're supposed to be her fans. I yeah, it just yeah. I don't get. To me,
2: it's yeah. To me, it's don't say a lot, but when you do speak, say it beautifully. You know, make it mean something. Because if you're just spouting noise constantly, then it, eventually it's it's it, that's what it is. It's just white noise. You know, so. Yeah. It's that whole, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick kind of thing. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm I'm not a big online presence. But if I say something, then it's because I really feel that it's important, and it's coming from a place of vulnerability on my side. I'm not posting just to, to up my posts and to get a bunch of likes. I don't care. I'm, you know, that are not that there for the an, algorithm. No, I'm not. I absolutely not. I, I don't think you know. The, there's a there's a big part of me that realizes that with the way that I write and what I write. Um, I'll never be like a huge success with this. This isn't going to be what I do full time. I'm okay with that. I'm telling stories that I want to tell that I think are important to tell. And I also am telling stories that I personally would want to read. And I think there's this really interesting dynamic um, in in not just books, but in movies and other other media as well, where we're so expectant as a society to get what we want. um, And I don't really want to give readers everything that they want. I just want to give readers everything that they need, you know, because you think about, let's take Star Wars, for example, and the original trilogy came out in the 70s and 80s, and, I mean, they're essentially perfect movies, you know, and then you look in, or at least we all look at them as perfect movies with with reflection and nostalgia, but can you honestly tell me that those movies and that tale, that narrative was positively enhanced by the original trilogy and finding out that Darth Vader was the slave kid on Tatooine who raced Pod You know, no, you can't. It 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 didn't impact, it didn't improve the original story in any way, shape, or form. And so it's again, we got what we wanted as fans it-ish, but we didn't get what we needed. And so I'm a whole I'm very much a firm believer in that, where right? I People are asking me, hey, can you write an origin story for so-and-so and so-and-so? I would love to find out how they became who they were. And it's like I, I kind of don't have any interest in that because mm-hmm. part of the allure is the mystery and that each reader takes away something different. And to them, their origin story is X, and this other reader, their origin story is Y. And that, to me, is much more powerful than anything I could potentially write. So I don't, I'm don't, i not going to give you what you want. I'm just going to give you what you need. Yeah.
1: And I feel like so you're saying this so beautifully and you're saying this about your characters but we can turn that right back around and say it about ourselves as authors. Yes,
5: absolutely. They,
1: we should be holding a little bit back. You know, there's plenty of authors online that they have an opinion about everything, and they let people know. But it's an opinion yeah. about everything. And, and sometimes there's authors or actors or singers, anybody in the public eye, they'll eventually say something that you wholeheartedly disagree with, and that's right. normal. But then it's hard to separate the artist and the art.
2: Isn't so? That's a frequent conversation with some close people and I and friends and stuff. That is, you know, it's you look at the modern media and J.K. Rowling and other and other creators, and it's like you know, it's a very interesting dynamic where you have. How do you separate your love for the material? versus your dislike for the person, like H.P. Lovecraft is a good example.
1: H.P. Lovecraft is a perfect example. Fantastic
2: example where he created some, I mean, this cosmic horror, he essentially created it. It's, he built it, and it's fantastic, but he is a person, just abysmal person, terrible person. And so it's this very interesting dichotomy where it's like, I love his works, I hate him as a human being or who he was as a human being. So, yeah, that's a. Good point. I think actually.
4: it's connected, and I think that we have to accept that because um it takes whoever that person is to create what they do uh, and and celebrity allows us to like we give we give a lot of we put a lot of things into people that we consider celebrities. Do you know what I mean? That we don't even mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So and yep. because of that, when they do or say something we hate or dislike or think, oh my God, that's awful, when that happens, it shatters our thought of of that. But we should have never had it to begin with, because we've we've thrown all this like we've we've created a character ourselves into who we think that celebrity is until yes. we actually find out. And and I think that's the whole problem. But in, in that
2: never meet your heroes Yeah, yep.
4: it's true. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've met a few, yeah. and I, and you get really disappointed. And the thing is, because we're just humans, so I might not like a lot of who these people are, but you know, in a, it, you can look at it simply if I go through the drive through and I order a Uh, a burger or you go to a restaurant and you haven't, it's great. It's my favorite thing. But if you knew the cook was, you know, some racist, homophobe. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of like, so I, you know, I just, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Try, try not to know who they are and, uh, accept the, the
2: work that they do, you know. When I find it interesting with social media especially, and it's not so prevalent now, although I'm pretty sure we'll see a resurgence of it soon, but it was a few years ago where it was like every other post was, you know, I believe in this if you don't agree, unfriend me. You know, and it's whatever happened to, to discourse, whatever happened to, hey, just because you have an opinion on this, I can respect that. doesn't mean that I agree, but I can respect that your opinion is different. It doesn't mean that we have to be enemies. Right. Your opinion and my opinion being different does not invalidate our own opinions. My opinion does not invalidate yours and vice versa. And I think it's very interesting that there was this kind of very black and white mentality to things. And it's like, no, we're we're built. Yeah, exactly. All or nothing. We're built to be different. We're human. We're going to be different. And we should be okay with that, not be not okay with that. Yeah. But you carry a big stick, so. Wow. Stop liking it and I'll stop doing when it. You know, um, yeah, I,
1: <laughs> well, I don't know anything about Jack's big stick and I feel like that's probably one of the reasons why I wanted to do this interview because so Jack, I wanted to know about your big stick.
2: Uh, I've heard that about you too. Yeah. Not really. <laughs>
1: um, but like I you are you do keep to yourself on social media more than a lot of other people do. And I read Monochrome Noir and loved it. And I was very, oh, very excited so about oh um, Jack of all Trace. It, My copy's coming tomorrow. I have Yay. it on Kindle, but I wanted like a paper copy too. Uh, but this is why I want, like, I love to talk to authors and artists. And today's been so wonderful just getting to know you and having a real conversation instead of just reading a status update that's like, right? Oh, yes. Hashtag love the Victorian era by my book, which you've right. never done. No. thank you.
2: And I never will. No. I, I, I struggle because it's like, yes, do I want to be a successful author? Of course I do. You know, who in the writing business doesn't want to be successful? But I have a a, a full time day job that pays the bills. I'm not a starving artist, if you will. You know, um, but I also really struggle with the the mentality, and I'm not judging, but I do struggle with it, with the mentality of I'm going to sell books based upon something else, whether it's sensuality or crazy adventures or, you know, uh, uh, these really inflammatory posts or whatever. I'm going to drum up business that way. I don't want to be that. I want to drum up business based solely upon the strength of my writing and the stories that I tell. Because if it's anything other than that, then I don't feel like I earned it. Right. You know, like it's—I'm an author. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not uh, whatever else. I'm—I'm I'm just this quiet guy who loves to write, and that's what I want. You know, readers to take away from us. Hey, I don't know much about this dude, but he writes really cool stuff. If that's the legacy I leave, then I will be very, very well. That's
4: all I should be because you—you—you you create something. It's like the guy with the burger. It—it it shouldn't matter what you do in your in your private life and it really shouldn't and and that's kind of the the downfall with this social media i the more people that i get following the less i care about it because the more feedback that you don't really want to hear comes with it
2: it brings to mind um pink with roger waters and the wall where you know they became this they they were just the, the biggest selling band at that time and he was you know, as, as his followers and as he, they added more and more tour dates, more and more record sales, he was getting more and more disconnected yeah. from everything, you know, and I, I liken it to that. I don't ever want to get to that point. I don't. I don't want to get to that burnout, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm doing everything in my power to not.
4: Yeah, I think the best thing you could do is probably you should be a stripper one day a week.
2: I could, yeah, I could do that. You know, a little, a little scratch on the side, have some fun, live on the wild side a little bit, yeah. and then be quiet for the rest. Yeah, of the and it the Would you work. do like
1: Victorian style. era costumes that you would strip out of? Because I feel yeah. like that would give a lot of right. clothing items. Yeah, to take I, off. yeah,
2: and it's underserved, right? You don't see a lot or any of that really. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, you know, like, I always well... say, you know, like 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 Jennifer, if if. Jack, help you done off a horse. Yeah, but if Jack, help you off a horse. Would you help Jack off the horse?
1: Oh my gosh! Oh, wow! Well,
4: nicely done. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. do
1: like to be helpful. Well, there you go.
4: You see, was, you know, and that's and what a, it, it's a all good about
1: literary that. citizen. It's the gift
4: that keeps on giving. Oh. Disgusting.
2: What a disgusting
4: Gross. woman that being. wrong mean, with you? Me? know, we <laughs>
1: were very classy for a long time. During
2: we we managed night. really well for 50
4: minutes. For 50 minutes, and then it's like,
1: and here's the Jack object.
4: And, well, uh, I've got to do something with the name Jack. Come on. I mean,
2: that name is oh, well, so yeah. well
4: used. Jack the River, Jack. Oh,
2: my God! I mean, well, Jack O'
4: Lantern, Jack. I mean, Jack the mm-hmm. Nimble. I mean, that name. It's
2: everywhere. You know? That's actually one of the ironies of this collection jack of all trades is as an adult i'm fine with the name as a uh, young adult preteen or teen i was not fine with that name i hated my name and i wanted so bad to legally change it and i won't go into any of the selections that i had as alternatives because the hindsight insight they're all uniformly terrible i
1: just can you tell us but, one can you tell us the most pretentious one
2: Well, I can't say pretentious, but I want to be called Rex. Oh, please! That's because of his. I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, (laughs) right? I'm not a Rex. You can't look at me. Either like a a porno name
1: or the name for like a German Shepherd. T
2: Rex. Exactly. (laughs) Right. But you know, me and my 14 year old brain was like, oh, that's like, yeah, that's that's a much better name than Jack. You know, whatever. I so this was kind of you know it serves two purposes. Jack of all trades is a great. Is a great um, term to say, hey, none of these stories, they're all kind of different. So it's not, I'm not hewing to any one genre. But it's also a little bit of taking the power back to say, yep, yeah, I'm embracing that name. My name is Jack. I'm okay with it now. You know, and I'm throwing it out there to the world. Yep, Jack Wells is on the cover, and Jack is again on the cover. Bring it on. At this point, there's nothing I haven't heard in regards to that name. Uh, there's nothing new, <laughs> I guarantee you. So. You're my (laughs) T-Rex.
1: You know, Jack, you're never going to live that down. (laughs) I know. I'm never calling you Jack again. I'm going to post on your wall every day on Facebook and be like, hey, Rex.
2: Hey, Rex.
1: Hey, Rex. Hey, Rex. Rex.
4: Mm, With a
2: capital T, baby. Yeah, Yeah. that's
4: right. I mean, the dinosaur is Rex. That's my (laughs) dinosaur, baby.
1: I know. What's your favorite dinosaur? (laughs)
4: T-Rex.
2: You'll never go extinct as far as I'm concerned.
3: Yep. Oh, that's no. sweet. Oh, oh gosh! <laughs> there you go. Horror <laughs> dinosaur yeah,
1: porn. Yeah. Oh there's yeah. There's, there's, there's the underserved thing. Genre. That's the underserved yeah, yeah. genre right there. Added yeah. in like Victorian era letters, reminiscing oh or something. You know? that's, that's a
2: whole genre just waiting to be mined. Yes. That is
1: kink. That is. <laughs> start, up
2: and nobody coming. knows they have, but y'all nope. have
4: it. I know. I <laughs> didn't know
1: I had it until we just started talking about it, and I'm like, yes. <laughs>
4: Oh, my God. The things you hear on this show is just disgusting. i tell you what. How so
1: gross. I know. Why did you make me say that?
3: Why
2: am I here?
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole question. At the end of it, we've learned a lot, you know?
2: Yes, yes, you have. You know? Yeah.
4: My nipples are kind it's, of semi-hard, so that's...
2: I remember talking about nipples in the last yeah, show, well, so you I see, love that we... Well, time
4: well, the pre-Jennifer
1: days, right Well, he right? yes. used
4: to make my nipples yeah. hard just all the time, but now they're just semi-hard, <laughs> because smart because is he was, sexy. you was, like, so sweet. Yeah, but smart is sexy,
2: right? sexual, yes. But in a different type
4: of... It's not the full-on hard nipple sex. It's just the...
2: No, it's like the subtle kind of like that, that it grabs you. It takes time, right? Yeah. But it's more powerful. That that gripping, yeah. all encompassing, like in your face is great for instant gratification, yeah. but it kind of fizzles out. Oh, yeah. This is one of those enduring things. Yeah, that's yeah. totally. It's kind of so. Yeah. Like you cancer. get them aroused. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. But opposite of that. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry it's being gone. Not, yeah. 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 Oh, it's it's, it's, it's
4: all encompassing. You know, still love it it's, it's, love it it's love about it and it's bad you know it's the
1: it's like the kind of love that afterwards you have to take a seaside vacation yeah and then you end up you know like living alone in a cabin by the ocean and haunting yourself over the past like remember when Rex yep. said all of those things. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, Rex. <laughs> you remember oh, when Rex. Talked oh, about? Re- yeah, See, nobody media. in the history of
2: any time ever said, oh, Rex. Oh. See, the, well, it,
1: now I've said There like goes my times. point,
2: right? <laughs> there goes my point. So, yeah, thankfully I stuck with Jack and I didn't legally change it. Cause, oh, my God, I'd be so, yeah. yeah. Imagine Jack of All Trades written by, like, Rex. 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 Yeah. or something.
1: How dare you.
2: I don't know. It would be off. Rex, Rex, so, Rex. <laughs> Rex. Rex Rex. Rex
1: doesn't need a last name. No, no,
2: it's, it's like Madonna. Rex, Rex. Yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so rectual yes. <gasps> yes, Oh
1: my
2: yes. god! Oh my! This... Oh, I have to, okay. I have oh, to change. Oh, this. Have to this is gonna out. haunt me forever. I'm gonna have yep. to change
4: my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh my me god! Me
3: too.
4: <laughs> what a week. Uh, me too. Me too. Wow. Oh, there you go. see <laughs> now, people. You can yeah. send in for those underwear. We can sell them. That's right. Yes.
2: Yep. Starting an OnlyFans based off of this, this <laughs> well, interview. Now, now, you
4: could do it, Mr. Stick.
2: Uh, I don't know about that.
4: Well, we could keep your face covered. We can just do all the there work. You there you go. There you go. Well, anyway, so how, mask on. How, how do people that's find right. you? Like, what's going on, Mr. Rex? Like, we've got so the, social media, yeah. website, uh, porno site, OnlyFans. What?
2: Yeah, my only fans is buy my books. No, I um, again, I don't have a lot of presence and I keep telling myself, Hey, you should really get on this thing of getting your own website so you can kind of keep people in the loop and ain't nobody got time for that. So I'm on Facebook, um, Jack Wells. You'll usually find my ugly mug straight up there. Um, I typically forget to shave when I take my selfies, and so I Even look a better. little scraggly. Yeah, that looks yeah. good. Um, And then Instagram is my only other footprint at the moment. Jack underscore wells underscore other. And that's the only haunts that I have at the moment. I don't have a lot of those are the
1: good ones. And
2: or patience. Yeah. The other one's just kinda like and like, what do you want to be on
1: Twitter or X?
2: Or I'm like, not going to be
1: on no. TikTok. that oh, come ain't on, me.
4: TikTok,
2: so, come on. Yeah.
4: Oh, be Alan's Rex. been
1: trying to get us to understand <laughs> TikTok. For
4: a I moment. I don't understand it. I'm old. Well, it would be rectual. I'd have rectual. to like really lean into it. Yeah, you have just, to
1: go full dinosaurs reading your book. Totally. Just like yeah, yep.
4: I don't I don't know what it does anyway. I mean, I've got <laughs> seventy thousand I hit today, and you know what? What does that do? Nothing.
2: I struggle keeping up with the two that I oh, have. Yeah, but I just I, I, I ignore get... them, and
4: you get more.
2: Right, it's weird.
4: Exactly. It's like I I'm rude and I ignore people, and I have a terrible show, and I write awful books, and they still hey, keep following me. Your show's Man, not Alan, terrible. Alan, you're just the worst. No, it's just, it's just
2: awful. I, I absorb oh, it, that. It's just it's just you know it's great, but I find that the more that I the more that I put myself on line the less myself I am. You know, I'm, I'm taking away from my kids, my my work, my, my own just general self, who is like instead of posting about this life that I'm living, I'm just going to go live it, and I don't really feel obligated to share or show off. I'm, I'm not a show-off kind of person anyways. I'm just going to go do these things, and it's fulfilling enough that I'm doing them that I don't really – Really feel the need, yeah. But you're host, the guy that I mean, I'm not after
4: you because I just like your not a post cracker. there in front of a fire and a glass of whiskey. That's perfect.
2: That's me, see, like that. Yeah, that's and that's yeah. I don't want anybody to take away anything other than hey, that that, that guy, he's just him, he's just himself. He's just yeah. that's Jack. There's Rex, that's Jack. Rex,
1: that's Rex, that's Rex. Yeah, right? There. He's that's that has got his glass of
4: whiskey in front of the fire can't believe we can holding talk about a stick.
1: Whiskey at all during this, that was one of my main He sent my
4: coast, you know, he sent Dave
2: whiskey doesn't
4: say anything. Well,
2: I sent Dave a blast. Well, I sent a... you something better. Well, I know. Oh, uh, yeah, let's, 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 I, let's, I let's be <laughs> honest. You got the better
1: end of that deal. Oh, <laughs> just like a box of nude pictures?
2: Oh, I'm not.
4: I can I'm, either confirm I'm or not. I'm wiping my chin right now. Oh.
1: I can um, not. Um, so, like, you can just tell me when you're going to send me a present.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <get> right on <laughs> See there. that? I you are know. got, got a fan <laughs> club here. I don't know. I, a, a, bur- a burgeoning fan club. I love it. I, maybe an OnlyFans isn't off the table. At no, time. you would it have, isn't.
1: you know, two or three subscribers at least.
2: At least <laughs> oh, that's all you Man, need that's at nineteen, 19 I can ninety-five my day job. Month. Who needs this? Oh my! I'm going to put my yeah. Day yeah. twenty
1: twenty, 20, 20 thousand dollars a
4: week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I tell you, yeah. you just never know. Well, that's right. We've got. Uh, jack wells here and you need to get his new book so that he doesn't have to work and he doesn't have to do an only fans it's oh, called jack yeah. of all trades but mind you we we do like to see the only fans so maybe don't <laughs> buy it <laughs> well jack thank you thank you rex thank hey, you Rex, for having me again this oh was...
2: rex i'll have you anytime you want oh rex I, yeah there
3: you, you were go
1: fantastic
2: ah do it again sometime would you yeah oh
3: my